There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And now, coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one, the only... Huckle TCG Cast! Hello, hello! Welcome, Pucklonian, to another episode, episode 17 of the Puckle TCG Cast. I am your host, Lord Yashiro, and with me here, I have two fine gentlemen. First, some say that Professor Oaks doesn't even dare tell him that he can't ride a bike anywhere. It's Sublime Manic! Representing Slytherin. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> some say that he's so fast he can escape the black hole. Marriage, however, not that fast. It is basket. <laughs> and congratulations. Thank yes, you very much. <laughs> so we of course are Puckle. Puckle stands for Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name our uh, main host Thatch came up with, and we're just rolling with it because we don't have a choice. But today we have a few things in store. It's gonna be pretty me pretty awesome. Some amazing news. We got a new GX card to discuss in the news. We got some new trainers, which is exciting. Um, and we of course going to go to Topical Beach, which we will discuss what is what you, the community think that is that were the best cards and worst cards of 2016 but of course let's go ahead and start with what is the news drop it and of course we are here in the news, and there's uh, just a few things to discuss. But first, uh, some house cleaning, and that is that Puckle now has some uh, some great Puckle podcast TCG mats available on our Etsy store. So if you're interesting interested in purchasing some awesome mats for your TCG gaming, go ahead to our Etsy store. I'm going to post the link on our website and on the description. Of the podcast or wherever iTunes or whatever software you use to download the podcast. So stay tuned for those. They're super cool. And if you want to represent and just let everyone know that you're a Pokolonian, 
You should get one of these. They're awesome. But related to actual Pokemon news, we're going to start with our new trainer that was released. It is the Multi-Switch. Now, Multi-Switch is going to come for Sun and Moon, which, by the way, we're already a month away. Can you guys believe that? Yes. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is going to be revealed just a month away. It's February 3, and it's January 3 right now. Uh, and Multi-Switch is... Uh, a card that I really like. Now, multi-switch is an item card and basically says this. Move one energy card from one of your bench Pokemon to your active Pokemon. I'm really loving this card. What do you guys think, Sublime? It's a good card. I don't know what deck would necessarily run it, but it is a good card. What about you, Basket? Uh, so I'm I'm really excited uh, for this. <clears throat> um I'm not, you know, like Sublime, I'm not exactly sure able to fit it into, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a really decent tech card for sure. It really is. And what I like about this card is that even though it is not might be that, you know, obvious, it is a way to maintain consistency. Many times you get cards down in your bench that you just are not going to put any, any energies on it. I mean, why would you put a, sh- and a shame in EX any energies on it? You're not planning to attack on it, unless that's your strategy, and so forth. So, what I like it is, it is an opportunity to, if you're, if you're a deck that are running a lot of energies, of course you won't do this on a deck that only has 8 energies or 9 energies, but if you have a deck that you're running 9, or I'm sorry, uh, 12 uh, energies, then this is something that you can... Without worrying all that much, you can just place energies on that uh, on whatever Pokemon you have at the moment. And then the moment that you have the Pokemon that you need or want, then not only can you place a new energy, the energy that you're allowed to on your turn on it, but you can use the item card multi-switch and attach it from any other Pokemon that you have, allowing you to have an extra chance of um, acceleration, which is something that is very welcome nowadays. Oh, there are a lot of attacks that um, get draw out energy from either your discard pile or your deck, but they put them on the bench a lot of the times. So this is pretty useful for getting those onto your active afterwards. That is true. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, that's that- what I think of. Right, you think of Xerneas, mm-hmm. right? Geomancy, that gets stuff on your bench, and if you're not necessarily switching around your energy with a Aromatis, yeah. then Multi-Switch is a good option for doing that yeah you're right yeah, that makes a lot of sense. go basket okay i was also thinking that um <clears throat> it would be a pretty good deck it would be a good counter to stuff like um Sizor, you know that knocks that um energy into the uh discard pile special yeah. energies you could pull it, you could put it onto something else if you couldn't attack quite then or whatever so it doesn't get you know potentially retreat the other pokemon and throw it in there yeah, and that's actually a good point because it does specify any energy, right? It doesn't say specifically either oh, basic right. energy or special. It's just it can be special one energy. energy. Yeah, and I Which really is what's, like this it. is the only reason that it's better and different than energy switch. Yes, and yeah. by also transfer. to your point, Sublime, I love it in combine in combination with Max Elixir, where you can get you get. Six cards, you grab one basic energy, put it on one of your bench Pokemon, and then if you have multi-switch on your hand, you can just put it on your active immediately. Right. So, it is a really good card. I really like it a lot. I see that this might actually look, um, see play again in those heavy energy decks. This is not good on any low energy deck. No, this is definitely 
something that people that want to play a lot of energies, a very heavy energy deck, this will actually be a great card. I actually really like it for a low energy deck because, you know, there have been decks in the past that basically just run for double colorless energy. Yeah. And so if you find yourself without a colorless energy or a double colorless on your active that needs it, or let's say your opponent manages to like switch your um switch your active out and you can't retreat, this can move the energy to what you need it to. Yep, that is true. That is very true. Yeah, I find yeah, I find it a little um I mean you'd have to for the for the elixir um plus this idea, I think that you'd have to have a really streamlined deck to be able to fit, you know, like a total yeah. of eight item cards, you know, on top of whatever else you need for the current meta. But I do think that um, if you were, if someone was able to have, you know, like a skeleton deck that just ran well by itself, and you, you know, you had room for those, I think it'd it'd be great. Yeah, I see a lot of potential. I really like it. I can't wait for reviewing it. By the way, for those of you that are wondering, our review of Sun and Moon is coming soon, sooner than you expect. So stay tuned for that. Now, moving on to our next news, um, it is quite a disaster. Uh, Sublime, talk about the disaster Pokemon. Poor Absol I'll never get any love. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just in its Pokedex entries. Alright, so Absol from Sun and Moon has 100 HP, basic, dark type, two attacks for one energy, one darkness energy. You have Future Sight. Look at the top four cards of either player's deck and return them to the top of that deck in any order. And then for a colorless energy and a dark energy, you have Doom News. Return all energy cards attached to this Pokemon to your hand. Your opponent's active Pokemon is knocked out at the end of your opponent's next turn. This is interesting. So that, yeah, that seems really interesting to me because it's the opponent's active Pokemon. It's not, it's not the, and it's, sorry, it's the opponent's active Pokemon on their turn. So if they switch out and put another one in, that's the new active Pokemon. So would that not be knocked out? It would not, because that would get rid of the effect. Yes, because it's still target to that active Pokemon that was done at the time when you use the attack. Mm-hmm. It, okay, which is why that is precisely why it's a bad card. Also, well, okay, uh, all right. Well, we wouldn't call it bad. I mean, there are we ways. We had to effects. Play. I mean, we have had effects like this before, and you don't see them making any success for a good reason. True, you're right. Um, I'd see this like, oh, wait, if you have a deck that prevents re- retreat, then it's interesting. But it's easy to get around it, though. It is. There's too many ways around it. So overall, it's a decent But it's card. a cool card. Yeah, it's I mean, very fitting for Absol. Yeah, being it's disastrous Pokemon, what is. Any last thoughts yeah. on it? And it like... Um, there are cards um, that, uh, well, can lower the chance of a Pokemon, of a opposing Pokemon... Um, uh, being able to retreat, yeah, and so in case it's like went to some sort of fun deck that you might have a lot of fun playing, but as far as its relevancy and um, overall, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, but not that playable. I would say, yeah, it's a fun gimmick. It's Art. a fun gimmick. Yeah, it's I would it. definitely keep it that poor Absol. I mean, it it's doesn't not good. Catch a break. So, we're going to go ahead and move on to another, from one disaster Pokemon to another, uh, king of the underworld, some say. Uh, uh, Basket, let's talk about what came out, Giratina. Alright, so the Giratina 3-pack blisters are now in stores. Uh, like, it comes with three booster packs and either a Groudon coin. Yep. 
since the blister's release date um, was in December, the promo is legal for tournament play on January 6th. It already, least, yeah. I'm sorry? No, no, already good to go, yep. Or no, it's the 7th, or the 1st. The 6th, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a, few, in a few days, in a few days. Uh, yeah, Giratina um, was released in Japan in October um, as a gym tournament promo, uh, shortest turnaround times for TC, TPCI mm-hmm. to release a gym tournament promo in English. It's got a huge amount of importance to the metagame. Yeah, it's a really good um, card. Sure, you want to take it from there? It says, each Pokemon break... Has no abilities. Yeah. This includes abilities of its previous evolution. Yeah. It's a really good card. So it just, like, kills Greninja. Yeah, basically. With one of these in your bench, Greninja is completely useless. It's a very powerful card. So that's it. That's coming out. What was that? That's awesome and terrifying. Yeah, it is. Um, and this it also be... hits a really good number. Like you wouldn't necessarily use it as an attacker, but it does 110 damage, mm-hmm. which especially with the Fighting Fury belt, that's 120. Yep. So then you're doing 240, which two hit KOs, pretty much everything. There's very few things that can like survive that twice. Yep, they can get rid of Mewtwo pretty easily. Right. Oh yeah, it just one shots Mewtwo because yep. of the um the weakness. The weakness. Yep. So definitely a great card. If you uh, see it in stores, definitely grab, I would say, at least two of these. Because it's not a card that you're going to be playing more than one in in a deck. Um, but it's one that, if you want to defend yourself against Greninja, this is the card to have. One card to completely change your matchup. <laughs> yep, completely. And then moving on to the last piece of news, which is none other than Vikavolt GX has been announced for Sun and Moon. Now, Vika Vault GX is a stage 2 Pokemon. It's a lightning with an HP of 240, which is pretty standard. Um, it has three attacks, of course. First attack for one lightning energy. Charge Beam does 50 damage. Attach one energy card from your discard pile to this Pokemon, which is pretty decent. Well, considering it's a stage 2, may not be that decent, but still interesting. Uh, energy acceleration of any kind is always good. Then we have the second attack, which is one lightning, three colorless, super sap cannon, 180 damage, discard two energies, attack to this Pokemon, not bad amount of damage, you do have to discard two energies, but it's still a pretty decent hit, and then of course it's GX attack, which is for the same amount, one lightning, three colorless, Gigatron GX does 60 damage to each of your opponent's bench uh, Pokemon. It doesn't apply weakness or resistance. Um, that, I don't like that much. Mainly and only mainly because it's not hidden the active as well. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly a little upset <laughs> because Vikavolt's one of my favorite and um, I'm I'm not ever going to get to play this. It does not, unless I'm missing something, it does not look like anything that I would want to run. You're not I think the main problem is that it's a stage two. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lightning stage two, which by now we all know that they're so, so slow. precisely. Yeah. There's so it's no, got like no acceleration. Exactly. No evolution acceleration whatsoever. We I mean and we this is a constant at this thing time. with lightning. At this time. And this is a at constant time. thing it is with worth lightning. Noting. It could change. Yeah. It is a constant thing with lightning where it's like we have some really good stage twos. I mean we have Magnezone as another example of a great stage two electric Pokemon. It's just we can't play these cards because they're so slow, which is kind of ironic coming from the, you know, lightning, electric type 
which is they're known mm-hmm. for being a little bit more quick in the video game at least. Overall, of course, we that mentioned... said. Oh, go ahead. Uh, 180 damage is a really, really good benchmark. It is. And after you get it to four, if you have the means to keep like filling it up every turn to attack, that's solid. That's a Which, solid. With Magnuson, for example, we just mentioned, it is something it that could, could help. Yes. It. But Although it's too running stage two stage two line. Exactly. Which Those is course. awful. Yeah. And um, also, um, one thing to note as well in favor of this card too is its attach one energy card. It doesn't have to be a basic, so it makes the um, three, well, it makes a double colorless be able to um, be put on there from the discard pile, which, yeah. you know, is something to, you know, mention, but I don't know, it's still not a, enough for me. Yeah, no, it isn't. And 50 damage for one lightning would be awesome if it weren't on a stage two, like we previously said. It's just, it's the yeah. stage two that just hurts it right now. Of course, when the <clears> meta changes, we might be singing a different tune, but as we are right now, sorry, Vicavolt, uh, you are a very awesome looking card, but you won't be saying much play. So that's yeah. it for the news. Now we're going to take a small break, and when we come back, we're going to come with what else, what anything else than it is Topical Beach. See you in a bit. Good day, mates. Want something different? And come on down to the Ryehorn Steakhouse and try our new Southern Carlos-style buffalo wings, critically acclaimed. And this weekend only, Ryehorn Steaks are buy one, get one half off. That's for you and your special someone. Ryehorn Steakhouse is a proud sponsor of the Puckle TCG podcast. And at Ryehorn Steakhouse, where if it moves, we'll serve it. Welcome to Topical Beach. And welcome back. And it's time for Topical Beach, where we're going to discuss the topic of the week. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, we made something, a new tradition. We started something pretty new, and it's we went to our Puckle TCG group at Facebook. Shameless plug. Go to our Facebook page, please. There, You guys are awesome. And we said, hey, we're going to do, since this is the, our first episode of 2017, we wanted to do the best of 2016. Since we know there was not much to look forward to for that year, let's go ahead and make lemons. Or lemonades <laughs> with the lemons that we have been dealt. And, of course, <laughs> as we previously said, in terms of Pokemon and Puckle, 2016 was pretty sweet. So, we went ahead and said, what do you guys think? We made our suggestions. This is all. We, each one of us uh, gave a suggestion as what we considered what was the best card in each category. But you guys voted on which ones you thought they were best. So, let's go ahead and start this. I'm so excited because it's fun. And we're going to start with none other than Best Trainer. Now, for the winner, the... Nominations for Best Trainer 2016 are, and of course, let me say as well, that these are not necessarily cards that were released in 2016. This is very important. This is, this is overall, since this is the first time we do this, we decided that we just wanted to include our cards, expanded, standard, or not, doesn't matter, in their key role in 2016. So if it, it we included expanded ones after the rotation because we wanted to include as much cards. So these are the cards that basically shone uh, or shined the most in 2016. Now for best trainers, the nominations are Battle Compressor, our supporter, and 
VS Seeker, Karen, the supporter, Fighting Fury Belt, and Professor Sycamore. Now among those, you, the community, the Puckle group from Facebook decided that the winner is... And I'm so glad you guys chose this one because it was my nomination. None other than N. Applause. I'm going to put some applause here and some audio. Yeah. <laughs> N was first released at Noble Victories quite some time, uh, time ago, but it got re-released, which is why now it's still in standard. Um, and it's just ever since it's... Ever since it came out, it's just been everywhere in every single deck and every single uh, tournament that you can expect it to be. It is there. And it's just, and the reason why I'm glad that you guys chose this card, it is because it is my favorite card. Uh, it is so much fun to play. Now, for those of you who don't know and have been living under the rock for the past 10 years, and is a supporter card that basically makes you and your opponent shuffle your hand back into your deck and then draw the same amount of cards as you have prices left. It is a fantastic card, and it's just one of my favorite, and I love it. But that's enough about me. Sublime, why do you love N? Honestly, I don't love N. It's a really <sighs> good card, and I recognize that it's a really good card, and I play it. But it's not my favorite card, just because I feel like N is very much a card for certain play styles. It's a card that disrupts your opponent, can benefit you, but it's also a very situational card. Right, like if you have a really big hand, and and if your opponent has a lot of prizes, you don't necessarily want to end if they have a small hand. So while it has really, really good uses for when you're behind in a game and haven't taken any of your prizes while your opponent has taken most of their prizes, or if you just have a really bad hand or your opponent has a huge hand, like there's so many reasons N is good. But the reason I don't love N myself is because there are situations in which you don't want to use it. It's fine, Sublime. You can be wrong sometimes. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, those it's are great card. points. Least, yeah, no, no, I right. You always run one. I always <laughs> run at least one. However, I feel like N is a card that some players favor a lot more than others. Like, um, Gator loves N as well. He loves to talk about how if you're smiling and you see when you draw something, that he's immediately going to end you. Right? And I think it's very much a thing about uh, playstyle. And it's a great card. I think everyone should play an N. Yeah. But it's a card that has a play style that it um, favors. And, and before I let Basket uh, shine in, um, I, I find that there's a lot of people that go into the, oh, which do you prefer, Pro Professor Sycamore versus N situation? And I don't think and one I prefer places, Sycamore. But that's the thing. I don't think you need to choose because everyone plays both. It's not a situation where you need to choose one or the other. And, and Sycamore are two cards that can live in the same deck. True, but I almost always run four Sycamore, yeah, and I will like, run like one N. Correct. And Gator will run like three or four N. So yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's my point. It's that you still will run both. Mm -hmm. Which yes, that's more true. more than the other. Well, it's completely on the player. Me, I more get like more Gator, which I would tend to play either the same amount or more N's than Sycamore. But that's completely towards the player. Now, Basket, what's your twenty cents on this? Um, well, first off, um, I'm pretty convinced that you fudged the numbers to make N number one. <laughs> just like over that, <laughs> that little threshold, so he got number one. But uh, I placed you know. the thief. <laughs> yeah, um, it's I'm more I'm more sublime on it. I I do like N, and he comes in handy 
in a lot of situations, but I can't justify putting more or even the same amount of uh, ends as I do Professor Sycamore's. I don't, um, I don't want to shuffle all my, my, my entire hand back in there most of the time. You know, I want, um, uh, I want to discard my cards because I need to have that thinner deck usually with the kind of decks that I play. Um, so, and just doesn't work for me except for in uh, very, you know, either early to late game is when I want to see an end. Yeah. I don't want to see it any other time for the most part. Yeah. And that's a good point. So in, in, in my, and again, this is not a discussion about who's right or who's wrong because it's completely depending on the player's choice and how he likes to play. I like N because of the exact reason as you basket, but in inverted. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want to discard my cards that I have my in my hand. I'm going to have some really important cards in my hand and a sycamore. I'm going to like, oh, I'm going to lose all these cards, which may be in handy later on in the game. And this is talking early game, of course. Uh, so sometimes like early game, I prefer to use N because number one, I'm disrupting his hand. Of course, there's a situation where you, if you notice that your opponent has a bad hand, then you won't end, of course, because you don't want to give him a better hand. But if you know that he's all set up and he's good to go, then you end him and you get a refresh uh, hand for yourself, which you needed, and then you obviously disrupt his hand if he had a good one. Now, of course, everything that we've spoken here about end is completely situational. Overall, though, we have to agree that N is an excellent card that it is well merited that it won, you know, best card of 2016. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, I think it merits that definitely. Yes, I don't think any of us would disagree that N is an extremely strong card and is certainly deserving of being called the, um, the strongest or best trainer of 2016. Woo! So, you Pokolonians, Puckle TCG casters, ooh, I just came up with that, you chosen N as your trainer card 2016. Now, for our next category, we're going to have Best Stadium, Sublime. Take it away. In the category of Best Stadium, we had, as the nominees, Parallel City, Forest of Giant Plants, Fairy Garden, Faded Town, and Shrine of Memories. And with a whopping 50% of the vote, the winner was... Forest of Giant Plants! Yeah! For who doesn't know, Forest of Giant Plants will let you evolve grass types the turn they are played. Oh yeah. So you can evolve grass types as much as you want. Oh, Without yeah. having to wait. First released in Asian Origins, this has been a staple in almost every single grass type deck, such as Sublime. Tell us a few. A couple notable decks include Vespaquin and anything that is a Vespaquin variant, Vile Plume, yeah. Toolbox, um, Mega Sceptile EX, yep, possibly going fantastic. forward, um, Mega Venusaur EX. Mm-hmm. Now that it has a Spirit Link. And and it's the number one reason why all I use love them grass GX cards. <laughs> and with good yeah, reason, yeah. of course. With yes. good reason. Yeah, so so with good reason that you guys definitely love uh, uh, those grass GX cards because, of course, Plants of Giant, um, Force of Giant Plants accelerates the evolution. Uh, Basket, tell me your 20 cents. I know you're a Vespiquin user, so you love this card. Yeah, this this card... 
I mean, what else there is is there to say? Then I love it. I mean, Vespa Quinn was um, my very first deck that I ever put together, and uh, it would not have been possible without Forest of Giant Plants. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Forest of Giant Plants. <laughs> <laughs> it just gives it that extra kick, um, where it, it just. You no longer have to be afraid of being able to play those stage ones or stage two Pokemon's if they're grass, and it's definitely a great refreshing in a meta where it all consisted on if you're not an EX, you're not worth it because EX was just dominating the whole meta. If you weren't a EX or a good basic card, non EX card, there was just no room for you because if you took time to have to set up then you're too slow in a meta that was too fast. Giant of Force, uh, Force of Giant Plants came in and said, my grass family, my people, you guys can speed up the process and evolve the same turn no matter what. And that actually gave grass types a boost that they definitely needed in a meta that was kind of forgetting about them. Because if you guys notice, on the noticeable decks that we just mentioned, the only EX1 was Sceptile EX. But yeah. thanks. To- I think what's really. I'm yeah. sorry. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say that I think it's uh, just whenever you have a card that lets more decks be playable, that's a great card, and it's a card that I think we would celebrate for that reason. And Forest of Giant Plants is that card because you know unless you are able to quickly pull out your uh, evolutions in stage two specifically, they are considered irredeemable, no matter how good they might be otherwise. And the fact that Forest of Giant Plants yeah. lets you use evolutions and not have to feel bad about it because you can actually get them out the first turn opened up so many possibilities and will continue to open up new possibilities as we go into Sun and Moon. Yep. So we can all agree that definitely best stadium of 2016 has to go to our boy, Forest of Giant Plants. Yeah. Okay, so now moving on to our next category... It is going to be none other than Best Pokemon. Very important, very important category. And Basket, take it away. All right, so I agree and disagree with the results, but let me tell you what they were. All right, Shaman EX, Yveltal EX, Giratina EX, Mega Adeno EX, Garbodor, and Greninja Break. And the winner is... The winner is Shaman by a giant, giant margin of 66.7%. Huge margin. I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree and completely think that it's earned that. The only thing is that um, I really dislike that a, what is it now? Like $80 card is (laughs) absolutely integral to the Pokemon game. I hate that, but I'm also a little excited about the price because um, I bought two uh, full art shamans like I don't know six or seven months ago or something like that, and yeah. I bought them each for like forty bucks, and now they're each worth one hundred and twenty. So yeah. I mean, the at least the regular version did go down. It's now back it to sixty fifty sixty. So I mean, it's not that much of a drop, unfortunately, but it did go down somewhat. Uh, the full art, though, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it's still sky high because those full arts are ridiculous. Yeah. But continue, Basket. But yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Shaman EX came from Roaring Skies. Um, notable decks, all of them. Because <laughs> you have to have that card in your deck 
unless you're running a poor man's shaman uh, octillery. <laughs> yep. So, which is what uh, Jashiro likes to do, but oh. you know, we won't, we won't judge. Oh, yes. I have shamans. I have two of them. <clears throat> I just need a third one, and I don't want to put up the money for it. <laughs> Sublime, tell us what you love. Sublime, uh, oh, tell me why you love Sublime. Sublime, no, tell me why you like shaman. I love. I can tell you all about that. Um, <laughs> but the reason I love Shaman EX is because, I mean, the reason it's so good is because it accelerates your deck. And the faster you can get your cards out, the faster you will win your game. And so for that, that is the reason everyone uses Shaman EX. It has really strong card draw that's passive, right? Like, you just have to play it and you get it. You can do it four times in a turn if you get four out in turn one, yep. hypothetically. Right? So you mm -hmm. can just mill through what you need very quickly. And that's why Shaman EX is so strong, and why it sees the popularity and price that it does. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And 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 that's why I love it. I mean, you guys basically sum up the whole thing. I don't. I'm, I, there's nothing else for me to add. Um, it is a card. It is not every. It is not common for us to get a card that just completely and utterly changes the meta. And Shaman is an example of one of those cards where, as soon as that card came out. It was obvious that you needed a playset of this because it was a card that everyone was going to be able to play in any deck. Because, well, yes, there's some cards that are really powerful, but you realize that, hey, you can't read them. Forest of Giant Plants was a meta chatter, uh, chattering card as well, but you could only play it in grass decks. Meanwhile, Shaman EX is a card that you can play in any deck, which makes it, in my opinion, not better, not saying that it's better, I can't even compare them, but saying that it just impacts the meta all that much more, because it it just, the ripples of that blast in the meta, it's felt in every single deck that there is, and is going to be felt in every deck in the future. So it's definitely a card that we, like Basket said, I mean, we love it, and we hate it. It, it, we we love it because it's so good, and we hate it because it's so good. Because you just need it. If you're not playing against Shaman EX, you're playing against it, and that's basically the two rules of the TCG at this moment. So, but you guys spoke, and we completely agree. Shaman EX was the best cards of 2016. Again, this is counting all of the cards at our disposal right now, and it's totally merited. So you guys I've got one. I've got one more thing to add to this. Yeah. So I'm looking at the pie chart right now, and um, Giratina EX. It looks like didn't get a single vote, which I think is odd, especially since Mega Autono, um got at least a couple votes. Yeah. And um, that card. I mean, honestly, it was probably my favorite Pokemon card uh, during the, uh, you know, the finals. Yeah. The chat. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, um, uh, but honestly, it sucks. Like it was just—it was just—it was just a good medical. I mean, it so it's—it just, just seemed odd to me that Giratina EX is nowhere to be seen. Mega Audino, like, it made it on there. And speaking of Audino, I was completely surprised that Audino, Mega Audino EX was not uh, nominated for our biggest surprise. Which comes to say that our next category is. Our biggest surprise card of 2016. I'm the master of Segway. <laughs> but like I said, Mega Audino surprisingly wasn't nominated for that. Uh, but we do have some nominations, and these are those nominations. 
And those nominations are, starting with Garados from Ancient Origins, Talonflame from Steam Siege, Team Flare Grunt, Mega Sysor EX, and Cernius from Breakthrough. And the winner, by not that much, well, a considerable amount, is... Talonflame Steam Siege. <laughs> and of course, this definitely was my nomination. Uh, and I'm not saying it because I want to bloat because I guessed it. I'm saying it because this is the card that took me by surprise for sure. As I was the one that was pretty negative towards it. And you all guys voted that it was a decent card. So shame on me for not seeing the potential. Now, <laughs> Talonflame was first releasing Steam Siege. And it only really has up to now one notable deck. I mean, it has been used in other decks. But the notable one at the moment is Grinning Break. And why we love it? Because, number one, for me, this is a personal reason, it was a completely surprise for me. I saw this card, of course, for those of you who don't know, this Talonflame has an ability that allows you to play it only uh, from your hand into your active, uh, being a stage 2, doesn't matter, as a basic, as long as it's your first turn. And, of course, it has an attack that only costs 1 energy, if I'm not mistaken, or 2 energies. Uh, it does 40 damage and allows you to get any two cards from your deck onto your hand. Now, I this took me by surprise. I said, yeah, well, yeah of course, the attack itself is super powerful. The ability is kind of good uh, if you get it in your first hand. But after your first hand, it's basically useless in your deck because you can't do anything with it. So I looked at it and said, you know, it has, you know, it's good attack, but... Being that you can only play it on your first hand, I don't see how this can be any good. Boy, did this card show me wrong. And Sublime, just talk about how it showed me wrong. Let the record show, if you go back to our Steam Siege review, I called this card super effective and I believed in it. <laughs> I just want to let know. I called it. Um, second of all, like the reason Talonflame is so good in the Greninja deck in particular is because, and especially now, the current deck list has four Talonflame, and the only other basic is Froakie. It usually runs less than four Froakie now. So you have an over 50% chance um, statistics, but you're more likely to yeah. start with Talonflame. And yeah, it, with it, all it, of the setup that that deck requires, it's fantastic. It came in second in Worlds it uses this year. The same um, and it just needed the right deck to succeed, and it has a perfect pairing ninja. Yeah, and it uses the same... Uh, method that Grenin the Ground On deck did that I kind of didn't remember where Ground On deck is the same the same thing. Ground On deck only has about seven basics. It has like or maybe less. It's six. It's like four Wobbuffets and three Ground On EX, and then it's Mega Ground On. And the reason it does this is because you want to mulligan. You want to put your hand back into your deck and draw a new hand because you have to start with those cards. You can't just start with whatever you have in your hand. You want to make it, even if you're allowing your opponent to draw two cards per game, uh, but you want to make sure to start with those cards. Ground on, Mega Ground on, that, oh, not Mega, Primal Ground on did that, and I failed to see definitely that Greninja does that with Talonflame. So your guys are completely right. It also helps that you don't have to run for Froki to get out for Greninja yeah. because of the um, move. The What's the move that makes oh, duplicate? Water, water duplicate. duplicate. Yeah. Because of that. So you can get out for 
um, hypothetically, you could get out four Greninja with only having played one Froki in a game. Yeah, totally. Basket, give us our tw- uh, two cents. Um, well, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Greninja uh, decks in general. Um, not because I don't uh, like Greninja or how the deck is played. Um, it's just that I could never get it to really work the way that it needed to. Yeah. Like, I knew... Um, I. This deck, like, even though the odds are unbelievably stacked in its favor, I've always felt that um, uh, it really relied on chance um, that you would... And, I mean, all decks do, but um, this one, in my mind especially, everything needed to fall in line. And when it did, and Talonflame was a huge part of that, and when it did fall in line and you had a streak of it falling in line, wow, you were over the moon... Uh, excited and you were just kicking butt everywhere you went. Yeah. Um, but the moment that um, you know you didn't get that tell flame out or um, uh, you uh, you know something else went wrong in there, then um, it was pretty simple to take out and it was uh, it would fall apart. Um, and not you know like I said, not all the time, not even half the time, but it just it just seemed too big of a chance for me to really um for me to choose to use the deck basically yeah it is yeah in and, and i apply that same logic to the blastoise keldeo deck uh mm-hmm. where it's like a deck that just depends like you just said all the pieces to fall into place every time and what we may sometimes not realize is that if you build a good deck those pieces will fall Yes, eighty percent of the time, but maybe eighty percent of the time is all you need, right? So yeah. it is definitely a deck that just rolls on its luck, but it it is it sets up itself to just have the best luck necessary. And Talonflame for Greninja definitely does this, and it just allows it to just get everything it needs. And again, being able to get any card, any two cards from your deck onto your hand, and at the same time still deal 40 damage? Yeah, that's a great card, and definitely merits what is our biggest surprise card of 2016. Do you guys agree? Of course. Suppose. And then, well, that leaves us to the next stages, which is another category. And that category is none other than worst card. Sublime, take it away. The nominees for worst card were Tyranitar from Fates Collide, which we've spoken about at length over time. Um, <laughs> Wrongfully Professor accused. Garbador. Someone was being cheeky. Um, <laughs> Pikachu EX. And the entire set of Evolution. And the winner, with 40.7% of the vote, was the entire set of evolutions. Are we surprised? Really? <laughs> no. Are we surprised? Not at all. This was what I have nominated, so I'm very happy that it won. Ugh. Ugh. Like, we want to talk about what a terrible year 2016 was. Let's talk about the fact that the last formal set they released of the year was evolutions. Yeah. Which kind of seems fitting for the fact that 2016 sucked. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, why do we hate it, Sublime? They 
set your hopes up so high. There are so many good cards from the base set they could have printed, and they gave you none of them. No <laughs> Blastoise. No Deluge Blastoise or Raven Dance Blastoise. No, like, Energy Transfer Venusaur. They had all of these really good cards that would have been really cool to see in the metagame and gave you all the crappy ones instead. I will never forgive them. Never forget. Yeah. Never. F- Basket. <laughs> Why do we hate um, it? It. I remember. I remember being so excited when um, when it it leaked. Like the deck list, or sorry, not the deck list, but um, uh, all the cards that were going to be in evolutions and card by card, like as it was slowly leaking, you know, throughout like I don't know, like a month or two. Yeah, I was going on there, finding out there was a new card, looking it up reading about it and it's just like ah oh, well that one sucks but you know the next one next one's gonna be good you know next one <laughs> oh man that sucks but you know the next one's gonna be good and then they came out with all these pokemon that i really love from first gen and they just oh, they just trampled them and it was it was disgusting i was disgusted <laughs> <laughs> it's they made some cards worse yeah yeah they it's... really did they really did i feel like they were trying to like Make sure that putting them into our current meta wouldn't like completely, you know, like screw up the balance or something. It didn't do anything. (laughs) Whatever they tried to do just did not work. They might as well (laughs) reprinted the same cards and it would have had the same effect of the meta, which would be they would all be suck and we couldn't play them anyway. Now, my interaction with evolutions is basically how you said basket and then i'm gonna i'm gonna make a little anecdote not an anecdote uh um let me say i'm gonna use this to compare it to the evolution set of pokemon trading card games is basically the same as i had with batman versus superman the movie when it was first announced i was like oh my god batman versus superman i want to watch this and then the first trailer rolled out and i'm like i'm still excited but that doesn't look particularly good but i have faith it's batman it's superman it has to be good right it's the original set it has the original uh art it uh those cards has to be good and then the second trailer rolled out i'm like "Uh, still not looking any good and then finally the movie went out and you're like no this is complete crap i wasted money and time on this i can't believe it i hate you warner brothers the same thing (laughs) i felt for the evolution set of the TCG of Pokemon. It was just a wasted, wasted potential. And and it's sad because this is the set that closed their 20th anniversary. And it just backfired for them completely. Just like the two last two episodes of Generations kind of backfired on them as well. They were boring, FYI. <laughs> but this also backfired as just... It was supposed to be the end-all... The cherry on top of the Pokemon 20th anniversary. And it was a great idea in paper. However, in their actions of making it happen, just they completely just dropped the ball. And it's sad. So, any last things about our worst card slash set of 2016? Uh, Sublime? May 2017 bring us better cards. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, Basket, any last words? Uh, oh man, I just hope they do better in the future. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, pretty much. That <laughs> sums it up. Disappointment to the max. Yes, you guys are right, <laughs> Pokolonians. <sighs> Evolutions was the best, the worst set 
of 2016. So we can only hope they can do better. Now, let's move on to the next one. And that next one is, since we just did Worst Card, what other thing can we say than to present our next category with this? Which is Worst Deck. Basket, take us away. Alright, so, the contestants for the Worst Imagined Decks were Typhlosion and Talonflame, Mega Charizard EX, Magnazone Raikou, Bronzong, and Gyarados. Now, the one that lost, or, uh, sorry, won, but lost well, by winning, yeah, exactly. was uh, Mega Charizard EX by a great margin, 40.7%. Now, why do we hate Mega Charizard EX? Well, because every single Mega Charizard EX sucks. Yes, it does. It, it, and it sucks for the, for a lot of times, like more often than not, um, the same reason that fire as a type sucks is it loses its um, uh, energies after you've put them on. Yeah. And the energy costs for fire Pokemon attacks are historically high and historically kick the energy out once you've used that attack. And um, Mega Charizard is not only... Um, not only not an exception to the rule, but also a horrible offender of this rule. <laughs> yes. In the ridiculous amount of um, energy it costs to do just such a horrible amount of damage. Like, it's not that the number isn't high. It's that the number, it doesn't, it doesn't work with the math in the meta, ever. We have uh, Mega Charizard EX, the uh, um, Y Evolution. Um, from uh, ex- from the evolutions, um, and uh, it's got 220 HP. Um, not you know standard for Omega, um, and its attack is Crimson Dive. Um, it <laughs> it takes uh, five energies, um, oh two fire and three colorless, um, to do 300 damage, and also does 50 damage to itself. Now, while that's enough to knock out anything in the meta. It it does fifty damage to itself, and it also and it's it's five, five. it's five energy to get this attack off, yep. and it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And the thing that is more ridiculous to me about this is that you can't even use um, uh, two double colorless energies to get this attack going. Nope. It's because of the two fire and the three colorless, the math the math just isn't there. If you were even if you were to use a blacksmith, that's two turns because you can only use one supporter per turn um, to get out four, and then you'd have to put another um, fire energy on it. And it's or you know you could do blacksmith once, um, put a colorless on it, but you still have to do that third turn because there's that extra colorless there. Yeah, you you just have to like try to do something with something because otherwise by itself it does nothing and i this was yeah. my category uh or my nomination sorry um uh, and i meant it um completely serious but in a joke i didn't specify uh like basket may have he might realize my basket i didn't even specify a set it's just all mega charizards are bad I mean, there's one that might be less bad than the other, but overall, they're all just bad. How bad it is that they didn't even have a spirit link until evolutions. It's, yeah, it's, and it's um, also, 
Um, the one that you're mentioning, um, the Mega Charizard EX from uh, Generations, um, it's the uh, it's the X version, the black one, um, and uh, it has an attack um, Heat Typho- Typhoon, which is a hundred plus damage. It costs um, one fire and two colorless. So again, the math isn't there for to speed it up much with a colorless. Um, you'd still have to use. Um, uh, well, I guess you could power it up in one turn. You could. Uh, blacksmith and colorless. But is it um, worth it, right? That's, that's it, I mean, the it's, question. It, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, uh, well, yeah, it's just not worth it. Um, and it, there is an ability, uh, or sorry, something that goes along with the attack, um, which is uh, flip a coin for each fire energy attached to this Pokemon. This attack does 50 more damage for each heads. So um, you put the... Uh, uh, the fire energy on there, and if you get fire energy all across, then you have a good chance of, you know, doing 200 damage. But if you have anything less than 4 energy, then you're most likely stuck doing 150 damage, which is just not the math that you want. Yep. Sublime. Fire died when Blacksmith rotated out. I feel like... Like, there's Volcanion, but I really don't think Volcanion's that good. Um, and Mega Charizard is just outright bad. Like you all were saying earlier, it went so long without a spirit link. And then you would, like, so you'd be wasting a turn just to, like, mega evolve it. And then its attack was expensive and had drawbacks or was unreliable. Um, and Charizard's a card that gets a lot of love because it's Charizard, right? Like, people, you try to use Charizard just because it's Charizard. Yeah. And I don't mind all of the fan service that Charizard is given or all of, like, the special treatment it's given. But it's unfortunate that for as like as much merchandise as has been made of Charizard, they couldn't bother to give it an actually usable or good Mega EX. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Um, I've you know ever since I first picked up a Pokemon game, Charmeleon was my well not Charmeleon Charmander was my favorite Char- of the three starters, and um, I love Charizard. It was the first three-stage evolution or two-stage evolution that I ever evolved and uh it was it was super cool I loved it it was my favorite Pokemon I mean my tastes have since changed you know because that was you know little I don't know five or six-year-old basket but um uh but yeah I I totally agree they for all of the hype that Charizard gets as far as um how much people love it and everything like that um they really to my knowledge, have yet to make a playable Charizard card in yeah. any meta. I mean, I the meta the game has been going on for so long. I can't remember if there ever was. So there might be one veteran or a few veterans screaming at us from their car or headphones that there was at one point a great Charizard ga- uh, card. But right now we can't recall it. But at the moment in 2016, none of them were good. All of them were bad. Um, and we just are completely agreeing with you guys, Pokolonians. I mean, again, we nom- we nominated these, but it was you, the community, who voted, and I we have to agree. I mean, it was just a bad, bad deck. Uh, anything Charizard, Mega Charizard-related, EX, was just bad, and we have to agree. So you guys are right. Mega Charizard EX, just, no, don't don't even try. There's better things than to spend your money on and your time, for sure. We are not going to end this on a sad note because our last category, <laughs> it is come to the point where we're going to have to talk about 
what was the best deck of 2016. And that, the nominations are Night March, Greninja Break, Evelta slash Variants, and Trevenant Break. And our winner, with a whooping 40.7%, was Evelta slash Variants. Congratulations to Evelta for winning our best deck of 2016. And I am slash not surprised, but at the same time, not 100% in agreeing with this. And I shall go with Y in a second. Now, Evelta was first released in our X and Y base set. It was as soon as Gen 6 was revealed. This was one amongst the first one. And the moment it arrived, it was like, you know, uh, the messiah of Pokemon coming down the sky. Because before this, we had Mewtwo EX, which uh, had its energy ball. Power ball? Super ball? I can't even remember the attack. Which was basically the same concept. Two colorless energies and it did 20 per, uh, twenty damage per each energy on both your active Mewtwo and your opponent so it could scale up. Now Evelta took that one step further allowing you with one dark and one colorless you would have also 20 plus each one but also included an extra 20. So you would have 20 plus 20 for each energy automatically if we will have to contest uh, and Mewtwo versus Evelta, Evelta using the same amount of energies, Evelta would always come uh, up on top with an extra 20 no matter what. Uh, and ever since it had just arrived on the meta, it hasn't gone anywhere. I mean, yes, there was a point where it wasn't played all that much, which comes to why I may not 100% disagree with this uh, with this election, and that was Night March. I'm kind of surprised Night March didn't win, well, I'm half surprised, half not, because I know the hatred for it is real. <laughs> But I'm kind of surprised Night March didn't win best deck because to me Night March was definitely the most impactful deck of 2016. It's just completely in. Uh, it's in the eye of the of the beholder. It either improved or completely ruined the meta for a time it was available because of how powerful. And it was because of Night March that Evelta stopped seeing play for a bit because of Evelta's weakness to electric. But I am not taking away the fact that Evelta is a fantastic deck and surely merits its winning the best deck of 2016. But that's enough of what I think. Sublime, what do you think? Um, I think that Evelta has stood the test of time because it's been a viable and prominent deck since it was introduced years ago at this point. Um, I nominated Night March, so I do think it was the most impactful deck. But Eveltal has lasted a lot longer and yeah. continues to last after Night March has come and gone. Yep, you're right. Basket. Yeah, um, I'm actually really excited that it won. Um, I do think that technically, you know, if this if this wasn't, you know, something where we were trying to get everybody's opinion, I think that Night March would have won. Just because of, you know, like you said, Jashiro, um, it's unbelievable impact on the meta. Mm -hmm. But I do like that Eveltal and its variants won because I have played a lot of Yveltal decks, and they're always, always different. And it's incredible. Like, the amount of changes that... I, I like Yveltal um, as a, uh, a Pokemon card. Uh, well, you know, the two that everyone always uses. 
because it fits in so many different decks. Like even not like they don't even have to be like a Yveltal deck. Yeah. Um, and it'll fit in there and you can find a place for it in a lot of decks. And it's great because uh, it's one of those rare, it's one of those rare decks where you can take it, make it your own and fine tune it to your specifications. Yes. I personally have never actually made one, but I'm drawing that conclusion based off the ridiculous amount of Yveltal variants that I've seen. Yeah, and you're 100% right. And and Yveltal was actually my first deck when I came back to the TCG after years of being in hiatus. Um, I came back and I built an Yveltal there. And it was in a Manectric EX slash Yveltal deck. And then I was able to get rid of the Manectrics and just added something else. I mean... It's such a versatile deck, and Basket, you said it as well, it doesn't even need to be your main attacker. It could just be a secondary attacker in that deck, where you just need one just in case. And we've seen this in even the Valplum Toolbox deck. I've seen some variants of that deck, which includes a single Evelta EX, just in case you need something to hit fast and heavy, uh, there it is. And it's just... It is a definitely a deck known as uh, Sublime perfectly said it. Just test it. It survived the test of time. It we're talking about generation came and has gone, and we're still seeing Evelta in every single tournament, and that is the sole testament of why I even though I think money uh. Uh, Night March had the biggest impact, but Evelta just test it's just that good. It is there, it is the unmovable, undownable deck that just continues to deliver and gives and gives and gives. So, we completely agree. Evelta and its variants definitely is merit of 2016's best deck, and you guys uh elected it so. What do you guys think? Any last words? Uh, I just want to add that in defense of Night March one last time. Um, Night March was a really good opportunity for a lot of people to get into the game, which I will always support. I will always be a defender of Night March because it was relatively cheap to make. Yeah. And it was a really easy way for people to get into a game that, as we were saying earlier, has cards that cost 60 and higher uh, for a single card that is considered necessary. And Night March was a really strong deck that did not cost a lot of money to make. And so for that, I will always be a supporter of it, historically. Yep, agreed. Definitely. And that's it, guys. That was the best and worst cards of 2016, brought to you by you guys, the Pocolonians, in our face group. Thank you for voting. You guys are awesome. Uh, And that ends this topic, and we're going to move on to what is our next section, which is Trainer's Mail. We'll be right back. Hey, Puckalonians, it's Professor Snake. Have you ever wanted to be on Puckle? Do you want to test your Pokemon knowledge? Do you yell at your car radio during the Poke Quiz because the hosts are struggling with the answers? Well, now is your chance. We are looking for contestants for Puckle Game Corner, and we want you, the listeners, to be part of it. If you are interested in being part of Puckle Game Corner and joining one of our fabulous hosts in a battle of wits against another contestant, email us at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. We are looking for contestants to record this Saturday, January 7th, so don't wait if you want to be on the show. Catch you on the flip-flop! (laughs) 
It's Trainer's Mail. Welcome back, everybody, to our Trainer's Mail section where we're going to read out your emails sent to us. Thank you so much. Um, we start out the emails with Sublime. Read the first one. Our first email comes from Jess Stern. And here's his email. Justin here with a who's that Pokemon suggestion. How about, and then it got deleted, um, rats. I guess I'll have <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't going to be that stupid right. to leave that there. <laughs> I think I put my question here too. I'm pretty new to the TCG. Have there always been super expensive cards like Shaman EX, which are considered essential to competitive decks? Has the game gotten more or less expensive? Do you see the game getting more or less expensive going forward? Thanks. Keep casting those classy pods. Let me tell you a story, Jester, <laughs> about a time in the TCG history where there was a card that was considered extremely good, that was extremely rare. Pickle Beach. Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, that... it's what are, we base our topic section. It's called Topical Beach in honor of Tropical Beach. Yes. Tro- Tropical Beach was a stadium card that they gave out as basically like a promotional card at Worlds. As the only place to get it. Yep. Only Not place. a lot of people go to Worlds. Yep. <laughs> like, that card cost, I am not kidding, over $200. Yes. So and, we can it's about still Shaman, expensive. But the, it's gotten cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, it... <sighs> Tropical Beach was, for those who don't know, uh, Sublime, could you tell us what Tropical Beach does? Tropical Beach lets you draw until you have seven cards in your hand in exchange for ending your turn. Yeah. Now, it is a stadium card, so meaning that you could do it, that any player could could use this ability, and it it just made gaming very interesting. Um, it was an interesting card, definitely, and, and you might say, oh, well, Professor... Oak's hint does the same thing, but it's still a bad card. Yeah, well, Professor Oak was a support. It's a supporter. This is a stadium, so you can still play all your trainer normal item cards. Still play a supporter for that turn, and still end your turn drawing set up to you have seven cards again. It was not a card to toil with. It was really good, and it it just climbed in in price. It was pretty outstanding. But to answer your question, Jester, and yeah, it hasn't. It's not the only time. That we've had exp- um, really expensive cards, but Pokemon still regards itself as one of the cheaper TCGs out there. If you ever played Magic and uh, Gator, definitely will be one to to really speak about this. Magic is ridiculous expensive. We're talking about one base deck to start in a tournament for you to it, minimum five hundred dollars. And I'm not even exaggerating. That is, in fact, I might be underplaying it. It might be more, but to give a to give a price, five hundred dollars per deck, and it's just ridiculous how expensive. I mean, Pokemon has not reached those levels, but it's it's not cheap either. Definitely. So, Jester, thank you so much for your email. We're gonna move on to the next one, and that is from none other than Mikey from Crossroads. Basket, take it away. Hey, I have a few questions and comments that I wanted to say. What do you guys think about the best card in the format, Switch? It gives you free retreat and the potential to double retreat, which is something that Floatstone can't do by itself. Also, what do you mean Bronzong being one of the worst decks on your survey? It had a strong run in 2016 and was used as a backbone for several decks. 
It even saw a run towards the end of the 2015 to 2016 season, thanks to Genesect. Okay, so let me pause that right there, Basket. So I'm actually going to come in and jump in here, and I'm going to say that I actually objected to having Bronze on categorizing worst deck. Um, That was, I'm going to throw him, and I'm going to just throw him out there. Who was it? Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to name him. That was Thatch. (laughs) Thatch nominated (laughs) Bronze on for worst deck, and I was actually saying, no, I don't like him. I'm going to change that. I'm going to overwrite that, but I was talking to leaving it. By someone that is actually on this podcast right now. Uh, and that's why Bronson was nominated as worst deck there. But that was totally <laughs> patch. I was not in agreement with that. So I'm just going to leave it there on the open. So please, Basket, continue. <laughs> uh, for the record, um, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to start again. All right. Um it even saw a run towards the end of the 2015-2016 season, thanks to Genesect. And Ancient or- er- and Ancient Okay. Origins. And Ancient Origins Gyarados. That is a strong meme deck, though I am serious about Bronzong. What gives? <laughs> Lastly, explained. what are some of your favorite decks that you have played in 2016? Which decks do you plan to play in 2017? I know I had fun playing Mega Rayquaza decks in the early part of 2016, which set up fast and just ran over my opponent. I played a dark variant that tried to have no weakness to the Mega Ray deck that featured Hoopa, Shaman, and Jolteon. I also enjoyed playing a post-rotation metal deck featuring Megurna EX and Registeel. This deck was fun, as it set up fast thanks to Max Elixir and Trainer's Mail. It used Registeel... I'm sorry, I lost my place. It used Registeel... Agent Origins to dismantle EX decks by ripping off their energy and Magirna EX to fire heavy sh- shots. It was always funny to set up Zoroark to use stand-in to recharge Magirna EX's Soul Blaster. The deck got some great results at some league challenges. In 2017, I already have a Metal Mewtwo deck made and Electro Lightning. Both are fun decks. I also plan to try out Solgaleo GX. That Ultra Road could provide some ultra fun with all the switching. Happy 2017. Thank you, Mikey. And to Sublime's uh, defense, before he screams here, he he didn't <laughs> convince me to leave it there because he thought it was a bad card or deck. It, he convinced me because it was that nomination. <laughs> Like and uh, Mikey is a very well-known um, metal enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, so of course he thinks that um, Bronzong is awesome. I definitely don't think it's a, it's a re- it was a really good card. Um, I never thought it, the unfortunate thing about Bronzong is it never got a super strong partner. Like we had partners, we gave it. It had the uh, Dialga EX and then it had uh, Genesect EX. But neither of those were as strong as some of the other um, offensive cards in the format. So I wish Bronzog had better partners than it did. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, is I messed I messed around with um, uh, putting it in uh, Sizer EX, um, but like in a yeah. But it, it just I don't know it it helped out a lot, but it, it wasn't that exciting for me. It, yeah, sorry, it, man. It was definitely a, a complicated deck. Uh, but to answer. Uh, Mikey's other question was, what was our favorite decks that we played in 2016, and which one do you play in 2017? Well, my, and I'm shamelessly say that my favorite, my deck to which I had the most fun in 2016 was Night March. 
shameless here. I, I don't care what people say. It was a pure fun deck to play. No way around it. It was just so much fun to be able to defeat your opponent using freaking 30 HP Joltix. It was just hilarious. It was so much fun to play. It was such a great dynamic as a deck. Now, which deck I plan to play 2017? I think we had we asked this question not too long ago in one of our podcasts, and we were unsure. Uh, I am tending to really like the toolbox variants, the Valplume, uh, Jolteon, or whichever toolbox you want to say. The fact I'm really liking this. Um, this method of just creating a deck which has so many tools that you can at your disposal that you can play what you need when you need it. So that's a fun thing. Sublime, what was your the funnest deck you had in 2016 and what do you plan for 2017? For 2016, I would definitely say Night March as well, followed by Trevenant Break. Trevenant Break was a lot of fun while it was around. As for 2017, I'm really intrigued by Lorantis GX. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to make a Lorantis Vileplume deck. Yeah. That sounds really interesting for sure. Basket! What's yours? So, uh, my favorite deck um, that I was playing was um, uh, Vespaquin. Um, and actually, I had probably the most fun with it post-Karen being legal. Because even though it, even though it wasn't as big of a th- threat as it was before... Uh, I loved, I loved it that because I had it set up to where uh, I was using clef keys and unknowns in order to you know I'd attach the clef key to an unknown and then ditch the unknown and draw a card and do that for as many um, unknowns and clef keys that I had in my hand or on the bench and uh, so it was a lot of fun to see the look in their face when on their face when um, they threw uh, all of my discarded Pokemon discard pile back into my deck. And then I was able to, you know, throw down a Shaman or draw a Sycamore or something like that. And then just discard um, a good amount of uh, Pokemon with that. And um, and then just start kicking butt again. So that was actually probably the most fun deck that I've played. Um, as far as 2017 goes, I'm thinking, well, I've, I've already bought the card, so I'm pretty much uh, forcing myself now <laughs> to uh, play um, uh, Mega Mewtwo. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think that uh, I like I like a lot of gimmick decks, and um, uh, I made the choice to use Mega Mewtwo because it's not a gimmick, get, uh, gimmick deck, because I really want to get back into playing f- the fundamental meta, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And... Uh, because uh, that'll be a, a strong base to see where two, uh, 2017 leads. And that that is definitely true. And, and Mewtwo is very, almost, well, not almost, not that much, but like Ivelta, it also withstands, because it's the same dynamic, basically. So it's definitely a, a deck yeah. that if you want to test what the future holds, uh, Mewtwo is a great, great uh, bet. Now, that's it for yeah. our mail. Thank you guys for uh, writing in. I love your emails. Everyone, you know you can email us at pucklepodcast at gmail.com, and we'll read your emails here on the show. So we're going to move on to our last section, everyone's favorite. Who's that Pokemon? Pokemon 15 questions coming up next. See you in a bit. Who's that Pokemon?
And welcome back to our last section of the episode, Pokemon 15 Questions, Who's That Pokemon? Where you try to stump our co-hosts into trying to guess which Pokemon you guys have suggested. Now, Jestern has suggested a Pokemon for today, so let's see if our guys here are able to guess. Now, you guys know the rule, lower your browsers, no internet, no help, no 3DS, nothing that can help you, it's all from your head. And, of course, no questions about generation or Pokedex number. Uh, also, for now, not including Gen 7 Pokemon, although that is coming soon. Uh, but I think Gen 7 Pokemon are going to be too easy. Anyway, that's beside the point. And so, Gen 6 under, uh, and we're going to start. The turns are going to be Sublime, then Basket, and then back to Sublime. So, we start now with Sublime. Give me your first question. Is this Pokemon part of an evolution chain? Yes. Basket. Does this Pokemon evolve once? Or, sorry, twice. Yes. So it does evolve twice. Alright. Um, hmm. Is this Pokemon a water type? No. Basket. Um, I would like to uh, get a clarification um, for your answer to my question. Um, so you're saying that it evolves twice as in it's a basic, or you're saying it evolves twice as in its evolution chain evolves twice? I answered it in the sense that its chain evolves twice. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and and then Sublime asked if it was a water, and you said no? Correct. That's the most okay. common type. All right, is it a... Dual type. Yes. Sublime? Alright. Is this Pokemon the final evolution? No. Basket. Of its team. Is it a basic? Yes. Sublime. Alright. It is the basic, and it is a dual type. Alright, um... Huh. Is this Pokemon part... Flying type. Yes. Basket. <laughs> Is this Pokemon brown? B- brown? Does um, it have brown on it? No. Oh, shit. I, <laughs> thought, like for question, sure, I thought for sure it was Pidgey for a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wrote down on the list of possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> Sublime. Okay. Um, so it's part flying. It's a dual mm-hmm. type. Evolves twice. Um, it's the basic. Is this Pokemon part normal? No, that's ten questions. All right, so um, it's not no, part wait, normal. That's, that no, actually that's narrows nine it down a lot. Sorry. Yeah. I think we should start thinking about what the possibilities are of flying types that evolve twice that are not part normal. Because most flying types are part normal that evolve twice, in my mind. There's a lot of um, flying types uh, that are part bug. But they uh, are they part bug from the very beginning? Right? Like, Caterpie turns into bug flying, but it starts as a just a bug. Hmm. Um, Hopip is a possibility. Um, it also evolves twice. It isn't normal typing, but is flying typing. Mm, oh, Zubat! Zubat's a good choice. Uh, that yeah. might be Zubat, yeah. Um, what else? I'm gonna need oh, a man. question. Um, 
Whose turn is it? Baskets. Okay. With question oh, number 10. Uh, is, it, uh, is it part uh, poison? No. So, Vlad, that's 10 okay, questions. Okay, so... Not part poison. Not part normal. Um, hmm. Let's see. This one... This one is tricky. <laughs> it is. Um, so it's part flying. It's a dual type. It's the first part. One, not normal, not poison, but flying and not water. I feel like there aren't that many possibilities left. Yeah. yeah it's All just... I can think of is hop Um, I'm trying to go through all of the possible type combinations in my head. Uh, Me too. <laughs> it's it's It's... I don't know. It's kind of rough because it's like. Question: oh. Is this Pokemon part Grass type? Yes, it is. Okay, oh, it is. It is. Hopping. <laughs> Bastard, <laughs> you're gonna ask a question. Really? Oh, um. Uh, should I ask? Um, let's just go over. Could there be any other Grass flying types? Um, mm. I don't think there are that are of a two-stage evolution, because the only other grass flying that immediately comes to mind is Shaman, which is a legendary. Yeah. Uh, did they add any new grass flying types? I don't think they did. Well, we're not counting Gen oh, wait. 7, though. Wait, we're not counting Gen 7 yet, are we? Nope. It's Rowlet. That's the only other possibility. I forget, because I hate Rowlet. Sorry, Rowlet lovers, I hate Rowlet. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So who's that Pokemon? All right, smiles. So is yeah, the I think Pokemon? We know it. Yeah, is the Pokemon Hoppip? Yes, it is. Done in eleven questions. Thank you so much, Jester, and congratulations, guys. You guessed the Pokemon. It is definitely Pokemon Pokedex number one eighty-seven, Hoppip, which is the Cottonweed Pokemon, um, and he's definitely flying grass that evolves twice. Uh, and it's a dual type. So congratulations, guys. And that's it for our episode. Thank you so much for hanging around. Of course, if you enjoy our epi- uh, our show, please go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Puckle Podcast. Look for us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PuckleCast. Uh, uh, Puckle, Puck, Puckle Podcast. Oh, my God. As well as our TCG Facebook group, just called Puckle TCG. Just look for Puckle TCG, and you'll find us real quick. Please subscribe to our Reddit. Find us on our Tumblr, and make sure that you write us in iTunes, and it help us whatever stars, hopefully five, you put on there. Greatly <laughs> help us for other people to find our show. If you want and you can help support Buckle by being a Patreon, whatever, even if it's just a dollar, that is amazing. We appreciate it. Every single cent that you guys put into our community goes straight towards. It's how we buy your prices. Like the, we bought someone a Pokemon Moon uh, when they uh, did the, uh, the poll for our surveys and stuff like that. So everything you donate to us goes straight back to Puckle community. <clears throat> and of course, you can join our discussions by coming and hanging at our PucklePodcast.com at our chat meetups where you can get 6IV dittos and everything. Sublime, a pleasure like always. Thank you so much for coming. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Basket, our soon-to-be married man. 
thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. And as you all know, it is that time and that time. Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.